0: welcome friends hello hello it's jackie janik and today you are watching beyond small talk real women real conversations elevating womankind one talk at a gun one talk at a time oh my god i'm tripping over my words today because i'm so excited to have our co-host this week her name is betsy cox at Betsy Cox Health. Yay, she's on! Um, Because this is our last episode of the season, and I cannot be more um, grateful and appreciative that, again, for season two, Betsy is closing out Beyond Small Talk with me. Again, you are watching Beyond Small Talk. My name is Jackie Janik, Women's Empowerment Coach, helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world. And today, we're talking about you and your lady parts, Number five. And this is the women's health is so important. And also, it's totally for me because she's going to help me during this season of perimenopause. And if you think you are younger, which we have younger viewers on here. Hey, Betsy.
1: Hello. Hello,
0: and welcome to Beyond Small Talk. Thank you. 2021. Yes, I mean, this is your fifth time on.
1: Do you know that? (laughs) I was unaware of that. (laughs) It always feels so exciting and like the first time, so it's fun. I love being here. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. Not the light, but I'm in Miami and it's very bright here.
0: I mean, all good. It's not that bright in New York. We get you know dark at four thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's rugged. Oh well, sip your tea. I got mine too because I got some questions for you, and we're gonna go in and talk about. I was just mentioning that um, I've been in this perimenopause season. Um, it's not always going too well for me. Um, for this past month, I've kind of put myself on a timeout because um, I'm bitchy. Like it's just like coming out, and I don't always show up with compassion or. Um, love towards others and humanity because it's been on fire this particularly this month and also I want people to know that even if they're younger this is something that they should think about it we don't talk just perimetopause we're all about women's health and being proactive at it
1: yes and the impact hormones have on the body and the body has on hormonal balance and health throughout your lifetime because they're very um Susceptible to imbalance in other parts of the body, like the thyroid, like uh, digestive imbalances, impairments, all sorts of things. So you know your hormone health will reflect that for sure. And
0: I, and your hormones start when you're birth, like right now, not to TMI for little Sophie, but she's nine and she already got some some little underarm hair pits growing. She has little like my grandfather used to call it mosquito bites. She got little you know boobage coming Uh out and she's nine and all i think about is like these girls are so young but that they have i mean obviously there's hormones
1: yeah you know it's really i mean we could go into that some of that is the exposure that we have endogenously uh and then exogenously to so much more estrogen in our uh environment and, and less ability to detoxify that. So there's a lot of really cool research around how a hundred years ago, we actually, you know, our age group, or I'm older than you are, but my age group and your age group is the study um, group. They have twice as many periods as women did. uh, Yeah. Women did a hundred years ago. That's not that far. That's, that's not that far back. Um, So that's a direct link to how much estrogen we are exposed to in our food supply and chemicals and toxicity. And, you know, estrogen is a very, very potent um, chemical. It's a hormone in the body, a messenger molecule that helps with messaging around, you know, various and sundry things that the body's trying to do, including have babies. Um, But exogenous estrogen and like toxin, um, laid in cleaning products, makeup, all that stuff. That is very, very potent in the body. And that's one of the reasons why girls are starting to menstruate so much earlier.
0: Oh, which sucks. So you mean women a hundred years ago had their periods less than we do today.
1: We had half as many. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so not only so we're we're menstruating longer, we're <laughs> menstruating earlier used to be women 100 years ago started menstruating around 16. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, it's as early as 10 is considered normal, Would not you, abnormal.
0: Yeah, I was a, uh, 12. I was in the sixth grade. And I completely remember my mom um, really didn't prep me for it. And she really didn't talk about it at all. She gave me a book that she might listen to this episode. I don't know. But not blowing her up, but she I guess she did the best that she could. And she gave me a book that had a big dot on it. Like, it just had a dot on the front cover. And I've heard
1: about that book.
0: Yeah, it's just a dot. And I don't really remember, like, all the in, like, what it was talking about. But I do remember that the morning that I got my period, I didn't realize that the pad was the thing in the wrapper. So – I don't know what the frick I was thinking I opened the wrapper and used the wrapper and not the pad and I was like it's not working like what was wrong with me so I remember waking up my mom and telling her I'm not doing this right and then she helped me with pads like she yeah I didn't have much experience with also tampons until I went to college and my college friends were like you use pads like no you need to use a tampon and that's how I learned to use tampons
1: there you go well I think that's a great segue into appreciating the fact that we need to be educating the women that are coming up behind us around what this experience looks like um, and that experience being transitioning out of your reproductive years it's a long road it gives our bodies enough time to really um, kind of relax into it if you will and really appreciate how much the body is shifting and changing physiologically and biologically for us to be able to thrive uh, after our reproductive years. And I, I think, at least for me anyway, I didn't really learn anything about this. I didn't know anything about it. And I'm a functional medicine health coach. This is something that I need to be able to understand. It's a very complex issue, but I also need to be able to model this to women. I didn't get it from my mom. She completely denied that she, you know, like when I spoke with her about it, she was like, oh, nothing happened. It was fine. That's what my mom
0: said about um, menopause, too. She's like, oh, it was nothing. So she hears me talking about it now and bringing it up, and she's like, you tell everybody about this you know, this problem you have? And I said, yes. One, yes. I'm not embarrassed by it. Women's body changes. Yes. I'm in perimenopause. What does this mean? No one's helping me. Two, you were just saying, oh, she, same thing. Oh, it was fine. It was no big deal. Why are you having so many problems? I was like, probably you did too, but you didn't talk about it.
1: Yeah. I think that generation did not talk about things like that. And I, I'm, you know, I don't need to scream it loud and proud from every building and rooftop, but I do want to be able to provide a space for women who are struggling. And there are a lot of them and we get a lot of the media and marketing what you see in movies what you see in advertising is that when women get to this stage they're no longer relevant mm. and that really pisses me off as you know Jackie and any time I get really mad about something I start to like figure out how to uh-oh did you freeze there
0: oh, you like you're you're frozen but we can hear you so that's a good
1: thing okay oh wow this this happened last time too um okay so Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't think that we're doing enough uh, information-based and enough research ourselves around how to navigate this safely and um, make it less of a traumatic, long uh, experience in our lives. I do want to tell you, I really thought a lot about what to bring um, today. I know that we have a hard stop at 430. So I want to kind of dive right into um, what, the allopathic world will, will and can do for you, and then on the other side of that, what you can do for yourself. Yeah. Okay. So when you go to your doctor and you've got really heavy periods, breast tenderness, um, extreme PMS, depression, fatigue, brain fog, these are all symptoms that you would experience with um, estrogen and hot flashes. With estrogen fluctuation it's not always low estrogen sometimes in aggregate you're you're you know you're actually high your estrogen levels are very high so if your doctor gives you without testing you estrogen to because of what he or she believes you are let's say forty seven and you've been experiencing hot flashes and they may say, "Oh well, this is." you know, you're low in estrogen, you don't actually know that until you've been tested. Mm. So you always get a comprehensive hormone test before you take any medication, either patch, cream, or pill, bioidentical hormones of any kind, um, which, you, you know, if you are gonna do hormone therapy, you do wanna do bioidentical hormones um, and non-synthetic. But even stuff that's over the counter, like progestin cream, things like that, that you might um, apply topically to your arms, to your chest, to your uh, vaginal tissue. You wanna be sure to get a a comprehensive test. You want a comprehensive hormone test from your physician, either your OBGYN or your primary, and make sure that that test is in the right time of your cycle, that you're not menstruating.
0: Okay, so you could take that when you're not in your period.
1: Yeah, so you would take that on, the best time to take it is about two weeks out from your period, and I know that women that are in perimenopause, you know, your periods can really become irregular, yes. um, yeah. so just a tip for your listeners, when your periods do become irregular, either the type of cycle that you're having, if you're only spotting, or you're bleeding really heavily, or you bleed longer than you used to, or less, and when you start to skip periods, that's really There are kind of three phases of perimenopause. It's a long runway. Remember that? It's on average about five to seven years for each individual woman that doesn't have, you know, some type of medical intervention that caused her to go into uh, uh, menopause. But so over that five to seven years, you start out in what's called early. You don't really notice any changes in your period, but you are starting to have a drop in progesterone, And when you think that these three sex hormones, testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen, and all types of estrogen, E1, E2, and E3, which is what our bodies make, are what um, keeps everything regulated and in balance. So progesterone naturally balances testosterone and estrogen. And if you're low in progesterone, you can imagine that estrogen is gonna start to, in aggregate, test out as dominance, as high. And so that's sort of the middle range of perimenopause when you start to have some of these really intense PMS, really intense periods, heavy bleeding, breast tenderness, moodiness, maybe some acne or hair, you know, like changes in your skin and hair, headaches, brain fog. This is all sort of uh, systemic of what estrogen dominance looks like. And we... Can imagine that it's not necessarily that your body's like pumping out more estrogen. That's not what's happening. But it's because over the years prior, in this early stage, we've lost estrogen. It has reduced its um, output.
0: Yeah, that's where I, I am. Comes- I am so in that camp.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's really like, that is absolutely the hardest uh, part of it. I will share that with, um, you know, most of the clients that I have worked with that end stage, when you start to skip periods, you have fewer hot flashes, you are able to sleep better and all that. And so that middle phase is really the shit storm, if you will. Mm. Um, and it's hard, it's hard on women. It does pass, um, it does get better, but there are a lot of things you can do in the interim to really um, support yourself and, and um, you know, get relief.
0: But like you so said, my, this could last like five to seven years, my middle, this part.
1: No, oh, okay. no, in in entirety. So oh, the okay. whole phase for the average woman. But as we know, Jackie, there are no average women.
0: <laughs>
1: like, we <laughs> <go."> <laughs> yes, I we are not average discuss. here. <laughs> That's right. So you know, I was not average. I didn't even get to menopause until recently, and I'm ninety-five percent of the women that are in. You know that live long enough to have menopause are done way before I was still going I guess I would call that a late bloomer that's my spin on it um but you know so there there really is no average but what is common is that middle middle time for people to be struggling more than the beginning and more than at the end got it got it so in that time you know you can bring on Uh, So get some hormone testing. Comprehensive hormone testing is what you would ask for from your doctor. That's number one. Don't do that. You know, do it in the middle of your cycle. So in the 14, you know, when you're typically ovulating, you may or may not be ovulating now. I don't know. It depends on the individual. Your test will show that. Mm. Um, And that's very helpful if you're going to do any kind of biological, uh, you know, any hormone therapy. You really want that because... You just wanna be sure that you're not gonna make things worse. And I've seen that happen many, many times with my clients. They've gone in, their doctor has been like, oh, you're 47, you're still menstruating, you're having hot flashes, you're definitely low in estrogen. Here's some estrogen cream. And what's actually happened is they, their symptoms get uh, exponentially worse, they're miserable. It throws the body into all kinds of chaos, even more chaos, than you're already in, and it's just not fun. Yeah, so so,
0: um, women really have to advocate for themselves, so I like that you're saying, like, giving us this question to literally ask, because sometimes, I've done it before, the doctor takes over your appointments and just assumes so many things about you and either throws that at you or throws medication, and then you go home and you're like, what the heck? Like, what just happened here? Like, how did that just happen? So being, letting women know that it's okay, you can speak your mind, ask for these things, it is your right to ask and get them.
1: Absolutely, yes, and so the time to do that Mm -hmm. is, you know, you wanna time your appointment so that you get your lab referral for that time. So that means you need to start, you know, talking to your physician or the physician's assistant or whoever the manager is in the office, like four weeks out, you know? so that you can get that referral, you can get in and get your lab draw first thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, ladies. Um, and with fasting, that's always, almost for 95% of the lab draws that you're gonna do, you're gonna want to do that first thing in the morning. That's the most accurate look at things. But you know, just plan ahead, look at your calendar. Okay, I need to call my doctor's office and request this. Then I need to uh, sync up my lab appointment with you know when I'm not, Menstruating when I'm in the ovulation stage. And from there, then you want your results through so that you can meet up with your doctor and, you know, take it from there. So that's, you know, that's good to know whether or not you want to um, use any kind of hormone therapy treatment Mm -hmm. for yourself. Otherwise, um, you know, what I thought about bringing to your audience today were a couple of suggestions around adaptogens. And those are um, natural roots and herbs and things like that, that we find foraging out in the woods. And um, adaptogens are like their root. They adapt. They help the body adapt. They don't supplant hormones. So it's not like you're putting in additional hormone. What they help the body do is balance hormones Mm. on their own. So they're more subtle. Uh, They are really effective. And I think the... the favorites of mine for things like, uh, you know, disruptive perimenopausal storms, like hot flashes, headaches, heavy periods, stuff like that. And, you know, you and I have talked about chased berry, um, which is the trait named Vitex. So that's a great one to take um others are and
0: can i say I, I about really... vitex and you've told me this a while ago and i've been on it for like i think over it might be two years by now and i have to say that it really has helped me and why do i know this It's because you know when you're on some like a medication or not even a medication a supplement a vitamin etc and you take it you take it you take it and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i feel great i feel great um so for some reason you stop because you don't always think like oh my god that's why I feel great right so I've had blips over the past few months meaning I forgot to take it I stopped taking two and went to one blah 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 and now that you say that I realize that's why this month has sucked for me it's because I screwed up my vitex intake like I completely messed it up. I don't know why. It just happened. Yes. And now I know sometimes you need to have that blip <laughs> to be like, oh my god, it right. Like It yeah. is working.
1: It, it is really effective for many, many women. And in my field, of course, you want to do no harm, especially in an environment like this where I'm making very broad recommendations yeah. to people that I haven't seen their labs. I, I don't know what their health history is. I haven't worked with them. Um, so You know, I had to really kind of cherry pick what I thought was going to be the safest uh, options for women. The other adaptogen that I think is very effective and easy to use is ashwagandha. Mm. And that helps with anxiety, that helps with sleep. Um, It is uh, just in general a very, very uh, effective kind of calmative if you will it helps calm the body down it helps calm you down if you've got like that racing mind you can't sleep Um, so and it doesn't interact or interfere with other contradict with other um, medications so i think that's a great place to add an additional uh, tool. I, you can take
0: that. Yeah, I take that one too. And I love it. And and now even my husband yes. takes it. And now yes. we have added it to Sophie, my daughter, um, her, her autism doctor, who is also all into um, holistic Uh, approaches, and she's on tons of supplements, so I strongly believe in them, and he's like, why don't you just, like, add a half of yours, you know, I was like, great idea, Uh and (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so we all just, and I think um, it's wise to look in the brands and you know like i don't always go the most expensive but i don't go the cheapest either i'm the kind of person that yeah. does a bit of research and likes the middle of the road with kind of these things because you are putting it in your body you know
1: yeah and it depends on you know what the issues that you particularly have mm-hmm. so i might make one type of recommendation for a person that has constipation i might go with a really cheap like an oxalate form of magnesium mm-hmm. because um, I know that it'll sort of loosen their stool. So, you know, there's all sorts of different things to take into consideration Didn't when you're know. looking for something. That, you know, something like that I would never give to a person that had a really healthy uh, GI system or a person that was dealing with um, IBSD because that's gonna just blow right through them. But for somebody that's dealing with constipation, this could be really beneficial, you know? So so it just really varies and, um, you know, speak with a practitioner if you're not sure. You can DM me if, you know, I'm happy to answer those questions. I want you to be successful and, and be able to get some relief. So, um, sure. so ashwagandha is a great one. I think one of the ways that the body can really manage excess estrogen and also detox efficiently and effectively excess estrogen is using some flaxseed. So that would be ground. It has to be ground. Otherwise, the body can't take it up. Um, it'll just pass straight through. And um, brown versus gold, Uh, I do know that the gold flaxseed has a little bit more um, antioxidant value to it. You can keep it in the refrigerator once you ground it up, or you can grind it with a spice grinder every day. You don't need a lot. Just start with like a half a teaspoon over your eggs or in a smoothie or in a salad. It's got a fairly nutty flavor. It's not unpleasant at all. Some people love it. Some people are like, man, it's okay. You you can also use it uh, in like with a breading, like with a, you know, if you're going to bread something that's a little bit 1980s, 90s. I don't know if people even do that anymore. I'm so not in that lane. But if you do, no judgment, as you say. But that's just an, uh, you can add it to smoothies, that kind of thing. And then the other in the adaptogen family, this is much more potent. And I would not recommend this. This is absolutely not for anybody that's uh, dealing with hypothyroid problems with any type of thyroid Hashimoto's, uh, suboptimally functioning hypothyroid. So if you've got any suspicions that your thyroid is not, um, you know, optimized and not acting and behaving properly, um, absolutely skip this one. Uh, But maca root powder Mm. is um, really... Beneficial in reducing hot flashes. It's a, one of the stronger adaptogens. So I do think that uh, depending on the individual, and again, this is not the kind of thing, if you have any doubts about thyroid function, just skip this one and go with the others. Um, and then in the vitamin world, the vitamin and mineral world, I think in terms of going upstream, one of the things that I know in my practice is that just dealing with uh, very Impactful symptoms. There is usually something going on upstream that is out of balance. So maybe it's thyroid, maybe it's you know GI, maybe it's gallbladder, liver, hepatic, biliary, T clearance. Maybe it's um, genetic. You know, the body's not able to detox the way uh, other people are. You know, we might have a SNP, a genetic SNP that impairs um, detoxification. That could be. So what I wanted to do was choose and kind of cherry pick a couple of um, vitamins and supplements that I think are super beneficial Mm -hmm. to optimize thyroid function, optimize GI, uh, and just, you know, really benefit the body overall. And those are, um, if you're not taking a vitamin B complex by now, you should be. Vitamin B helps the whole family, you know, there's, it's a family, um, and they are synergistic, so you don't want to isolate one out and just take that. I know a lot of women take biotin, yeah. For that's vitamin C2, for hair growth and stuff. I don't think that's a great idea, and you should know that that will throw your labs off. Um, so stop taking, if you are taking biotin, stop taking biotin at least seven days before you have a lab draw, because otherwise it'll, it will absolutely make your thyroid numbers completely um, incorrect, And first of all, um, and be out wrong. of range. brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's a worry that you don't need to have. So that's a little uh, functional medicine practitioner tip right there. Um, but one of the B uh, complexes that I consistently really love and recommend to my clients is a product um, by Thorne, and that's T-H-O-R-N-E. I am not an affiliate. I don't have any skin in the game on this, but this, in my research, this is just absolutely the top of the line. Um, It's Thorne Basic B Complex. And one of the reasons why I like it is it's very low dose, and you have the most bioavailable forms of vitamin B, methylcobalamin in B12, and then P5P in B6. These are really important uh, you, forms.
0: You brought up a good point about saying no biotin seven days before your labs. Should we? Can we continue all of our other uh, vitamin intake no. and supplements before labs, or do you recommend like what, what I you definitely, do?
1: That? I ask all my clients to stop taking vitamins and supplements, with the exception of probiotics or any sort of digestive enzyme, I ask them to take that out of their diet for 7 to 10 days okay. before they get their labs. Because, you know, we want to know how much is their body able to manufacture, how much is their body able to take on board and utilize and get into the cell. You know, right. the the vitamin is great information, you know, and then we know how much we need to supplement with, right?
0: Right. right. So it's like so, start with like a fresh slate there. Like let's go mm-hmm. – your uh the bottom line okay awesome and then do you you have another vitamin or i I do do b complex that's a good one and i know the brand thorn so thank you for recommending that and again she's not affiliate she just really supports it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah one of the reasons why i like that brand so much is because with certain forms of b6 which is we become nutrient deficient in b6 when we're on over the birth over uh, oral birth control And many medications impair the body's ability to take on B6. That B6 works synergistically with B12 to make serotonin. So anybody that's on SSRIs, you know, this is really important that they take a supplement. Um, But one of the things I really like about this company, I don't like all of the things that they make. So it's not across the board, go with thorn for everything. That's not how I feel. There is no company that does everything perfectly on every Thing, but I research this a lot, and um, one of the things that I deal with in my practice is I, I work with a lot of women that have anxiety, a lot, and so B six in the wrong form and too much of it can exacerbate that anxiety, and so many women are dealing with panic attacks and anxiety at this time, and some of it is due to. These kind of adrenaline rushes that happen, and um, the body's inability to like burn off some of that extra adrenaline. Right. That's really a part of the dynamic, along with hot flashes and, um, you know, all sorts of things. So I, I love that brand for this time of life. Um, if you're really struggling with energy, if you're on an SSRI, absolutely take a B12. Um, In addition to that, you can take that isolated out like every other day, every third day, and you will want to go with a methylcobalamin form, not the cyanocobalamin, methylcobalamin.
0: Yes, Sophie is the exact opposite. Sophie, for her B12, needs the cyancobalamin. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
1: I, I actually don't believe that.
0: Oh, because when I, she took a, one that was the methyl in a su- supplement, she didn't sleep.
1: Okay, so what she could take is a adenosyl or a combination cyanocobalamin.
0: Maybe I said it wrong.
1: No, no, I, I, I do believe you. So mm. she's converting really quickly. That's what that means. Mm. So they're giving her cyanocobalamin, which is not as readily available. The body has to do a couple of extra loops and hoops to make it bioavailable, and so it's slowing it down for That's, her. That tells me a lot about her. Yeah. Yeah, that was so, a big deal for oh, us. I do believe it. Was second a, thought. Yeah. yeah.
0: The B12, that okay. was a big, big deal for us in uh, a supplement that her doctor, lots of kids with autism do really well with this one thing. And then she didn't mm-hmm. sleep for eight days straight. And I said, okay, there has oh. to be something. And then when we looked closer in it, it was the B12 was methyl something, something produced, or how yeah, it's,
1: that's, yes, yes, yes,
0: and once we changed her to B 12 with the cyan, um, okay. stopped it all, so it was just so interesting. This is so incredibly helpful, we just do have a bit of a hard stop today, yeah,
1: um,
0: I just wanted to say thank you, is there any one last thing that you want to tell us?
1: Oh, yes your when you're introducing <laughs> absolutely when you're introducing supplements, herbs, whatever it is, start slowly, start one at a time, buy the absolute smallest portion that you can that's not dosage that's that's you know amount, so if you can buy twenty five or fifty, you know buy that don't buy the one that's buy two, get the third okay. one free, and it's a thousand of them, and they're not going to work for you. Or you may not need them three months from now. So buy a very low amount, a low count, as low as possible to make sure that it benefits you. And then titrate up really slowly. Titrate up. So half a, half a dose every other day. See how you're doing. See how you're tolerating it. See if you're, everything's, you know, your digestive system's tolerating it. You're not having any kind of headaches or allergic reaction oh. or anything like that. Um, And then, you know, go into every day with a half a dose and then every other day with a full dose. Just go very, very slowly and introduce one at a time. I gave you several that you can, that'll be a really good in your toolbox, but bring them on board slowly one at a time. Yeah. Otherwise, you just overwhelm the body, and it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know how to respond. Always.
0: And then you don't know what's working and what's not or what you have to change. So it's like if one thing at a time, um, I also encourage people to be mindful of, like, how are they feeling? How are their bodies reacting? How is, like, your thought process? Like, pay start really paying attention because I've done that. Before introducing too many things at one time, just taking too many, and then I'm like, well, what is it working for me? I've learned that with Sophie, um, with her and all the supplements, we're at a good pace now. But if we add something, I'm like, wait a minute, How, you know, think things through. Um, so thank you for that because we don't want to overwhelm our bodies anymore as women. We got enough going no. on. No, that's
1: and the body's already struggling, and you really don't know, you know, on any given day, like, is it estrogen-dominant? Am I having a detox problem? Am I The other tip, Jackie, is clean up your um, household products, all of the things that you're putting on your body. The Environmental Working Group, EWG, E like Elizabeth, W like water, G like girl, dot O-R-G. They have a really good resource center for um, clean products, clean, you know, high-end makeup, like all sorts of stuff, affordable things that you might find in a big box store here and everything in between. So, um, you know, they can really help you make good choices so that you're not putting things, estrogen, toxic estrogen straight into your bloodstream. Sure. Well, That's thank another you. big one. Cool. <laughs> and I
0: need that for my beauty products. I've been paying attention ever since you told me that. I've been using some organic tampons and et cetera. So thank you for those tips. Thank you. Yeah. Jackie, oh, is it for us? This is it. This is it beyond small talk. I'm so appreciative for you, Betsy. I'm sorry that your, your face um, is still spinning, but it's just yeah. awesome to hear your voice, and I really appreciate you. Thank you.
1: I appreciate you too, girl. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I
0: love you, and we will talk soon. Yeah, love you too. And Beyond Small Talk, this is the end of the season, but doesn't mean you can't keep on listening to more Beyond Small Talk. Um, I'm going to start posting, and remember to listen on your favorite pod, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible. We're everywhere. So start listening up on Beyond Small Talk. And if you want to reach out, DM Betsy. If you have a question, she's more than available to help you out, ladies. We want to help spread the
1: absolutely yeah just reach out if you've got any questions at all i would really prefer to answer them versus have you you know just navigate it on your own and not get get the help you need
0: yeah this is a community ladies and we're here for each other you are not alone please remember that on your perimetopause journey (laughs) thank you so much